Good evening, everyone, and welcome back once again to If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking. I am your host, Archie Mitchell, and I am back once again this week uh, in order to talk to you about the world of professional wrestling. I was very, very content this week after I did the Royal Rumble show with Nate and Aaron that aired this Thursday, uh, talking about the entire Royal Rumble, an over two-hour show to just sit back and relax and go on with the rest of the week. And then next week, come back with AEW and NXT results. But way too much went on in the world of professional wrestling in this last week to let it go by without speaking about it. There were good, there were bad, there were extremely good, and then there were ridiculousnesses. So I'm back once again to talk about the world of professional wrestling, as I mentioned, and spew my venom, my hate, and my love for this business that we so dearly watch. So go ahead and pop your favorite frosty beverage, and let's get into some quick hits. Quick hit number one, Brian Kendrick fired from AEW within 24 hours of signing after being let go by the WWE. And this was due to Brian's uh, comments in regards to the Holocaust 10 years ago. Now, I am not a person that is a fan of cancel culture. I am not someone who says that everything that everybody says that they should be held liable for. Uh, If someone said something when they were 12 and now they're 30 and they're running for just, let's say, President of the United States, you should not be able to go back to when they're 12 and say, hey, you called a kid fat and made fun of fat people, so you shouldn't be president. No, I'm not. it's not what I'm here to talk about. What I am going to say, though, is Brian talked about something, whether it was 10 years ago or yesterday, that should never be talked about in a normal light. Um, the Holocaust was a very big deal. Um, whether you had someone uh, affected by it, as a family member, whether you know someone who had family members affected by it in their past, it doesn't matter. We were all affected by it in some way, shape, or form. And to insist that the numbers were not as big as they were, to say that it was not race-related, to insist that it wasn't anything bigger than what it actually is, is a crime against the Jewish people and any other people who were made to feel uh, belittled, who were murdered, who felt the hands of all of the ugliness that went on uh, with the Nazis back then. And um, still to this day, probably see things that remind them of what went on and get flashbacks to stories that they heard and family members that they lost. So I am in full agreement with AEW for firing Uh, Brian Kendrick, uh, and not even letting him come on to AEW Dynamite. I wasn't a fan of Brian being hired uh, a mere couple hours after he was let go by the WWE and given his full release with no 90-day compete clause anyway, because I feel, well, you know what? This is not Brian Kendrick a few years ago uh, in the Cruiserweight Classic. This was not Brian Kendrick, who uh, has had great matches in the past with the likes of Rey Mysterio and Chavo Guerrero and Tajiri. No. This is an older Brian Kendrick. At the most, he's going to get a couple matches, and then they're going to get him to be a coach or someone in the backstage area. 
there was no reason for them to hire him this quickly. Well, hiring him this quickly led to what happened. And now, Brian, you've been fired by the biggest wrestling company in the world and the second biggest company in the world in less than 12 hours' time. I hope it was worth it. The thing that pisses me off the most about this is Brian Kendrick was given his release from the WWE so easily. And a guy like Mustafa Ali, who has been there morning, noon, and night for the last few years, took it on any storyline they've given him and ran with it, cannot receive his release despite not being happy there, being completely and utterly miserable there. So it's just the WWE once again doing their fuckery and uh, not letting people that want to be let go go and letting people who really don't matter go. And then we find out that the person that they let go was actually just a big piece of shit. So number two, Shane McMahon fired by the WWE on Monday morning. This off of the heels of the story that we told during the Royal Rumble that Shane McMahon was directly um, involved with producing the Royal Rumble and thus uh, involved in making himself get over in the ring uh, and making everyone else seem much smaller. He eliminated Kevin Owens. He beat the crap out of Dolph Ziggler with those crappy right hands that he throws. He even went toe-to-toe with Brock Lesnar. Uh, Shane was supposedly let go. Because of his erratic behavior at the Rumble and Vince McMahon not wanting to deal with it. Furthermore, Tuesday morning storylines came out. And I know I say storylines, but it's because you never know what's really going on here. But a story came out that the WWE internal, such as backstage personnel, producers, and so on, are trying to reach out to Tony Khan and AEW to let them know what Shane McMahon is really all about so that AEW does possibly not hire Shane McMahon. Now, I don't believe that we would see Shane McMahon pop up in AEW. Um, I mean, this is not um, this is not wrestling uh, going out and becoming real uh, in that Shane McMahon would look to get back at his father and go join Tony Khan. But I guess if they did decide that they wanted to bring him in as an on-air personality to maybe stick it to Vince, it's nice to see that there are people backstage in the WWE who are looking out for everyone's best interest, not just their own, uh, and letting them know that Shane should not be hired. Um, in any indication, I feel that Shane McMahon was justly fired here, and if that was his idea of putting on a really good Royal Rumble match after so many that we've had, such as the 1992, 96, 97, 99, and a couple in the 2000 Royal Rumble matches that we've seen that were spectacular, if that was Shane McMahon's idea of a good Royal Rumble, good riddance, pal. I hope you continue to enjoy your success in Japan with your phone company and every other company that you were running. And I really hope we don't see you back in the WWE anytime soon. And finally, quick hit number three, the WWE reports record-breaking revenue for the last four years, uh, boasting $1.1 billion for the year of 2021. Why am I bringing this up? I very rarely speak about the WWE's revenue or any money that they're making. Why am I bringing this up now as a quick hit? Well, here's why. The WWE is constantly mentioning over the last two years with all of the releases that we've seen this last year and everything that we saw going on uh, during the COVID era with the uh, computerized fans on the screens and getting rid of pyro a couple of years back, refusing to pay for the wrestlers 
uh, rooms, airfare, insurance in some cases, um, <coughs> downright to basically taking away everything but catering. All of that crap was due to budget cuts. A budget cut, budget cut, budget cut. We need to make the company more profitable. We're, we're, we're dying here. We're in the red. Help us out. Please make sure that we survive. Please, we're the little engine that could company. No, you're not. You are a Forbes company. Forbes, Fortune 500. Speak of Vince McMahon every year when they put out their list. Vince McMahon is a billionaire. His company is a multi-million dollar, now once again a multi-billion dollar company. And to boast a $1.1 billion in revenue last year after you let go of 60% of your roster, guys who were busting their ass for you, guys who were allowing their mental health to be destroyed and allowing themselves to be afraid of possibly catching COVID, uh, possibly hurting their families by coming home with COVID. Roman Reigns, who uh, battled leukemia and has a uh, uh, an oppressed uh, immune system going out and putting his body on the line during COVID. Um, and you fired these people to make your company more profitable. And here you are boasting about $1 billion in revenue. Vince McMahon, you have, becoming, you have become nothing but a money-grubbing puppet. Why I call you a puppet? Because you no longer look like your former self. Your eyes always look glossy and red and glassed over, almost like you're constantly smoking pot. You do not look the same when you're on television anymore. I barely understand half of what you say on television. It is mostly incoherent. And you always want to put yourself in the spotlight. I guess we see where Shane gets it from by booking himself to look strong in the Royal Rumble. Um, Vince, goddamn you for firing men and women such as Ember Moon, such as Peyton Royce and Billy uh, Kay, uh, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, who was mourning the death of his friend Brody Lee at the time. So many countless other members of the WWE roster of the WWE production crew, the producers, the backstage handlers, the road agents. God damn you for ruining NXT and making it from the black and gold brand to this sorry-ass rainbow-colored uh, logo and giving us four-minute matches a week instead of the main, except for the main event. God damn you, Vince McMahon. And I hope and I pray that if Tony Khan and AEW are smart enough to get ahead of you in the ratings and do end up giving you competition, whether it be on Monday night or they stay on Wednesday night and Friday night, I hope they're smart enough to stick to their guns and continue to be the best possible product they can be so that when you're put out of business this time, all of the blame can be faulted on you and not the wrestlers that you were trying to do it to the last time. Last time anyone became a serious competitor to Vince McMahon, he was able to win. Well, we got T.L. Hopper, and we've got a lot of family, fun, friendly characters. We've got Mantar and Fantasimo, and you know what I mean? And we're trying to build the new generation behind Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Diesel and, and Razor Ramon 
And these guys ain't drawing so well. No, they were drawing well, Vince. It's just the crap that you put on before them that wasn't drawing well. So, Vince, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Huh. On to the show reviews. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to do it a little different this week. We're just going to be talking about the highs of the shows that uh, I did watch. And I watched everything this week. Raw, SmackDown, uh, AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage, and NXT. So let's get into it. Monday Night Raw. Brock Lesnar walks out and chooses Roman Reigns for his WrestleMania opponent and will be challenging for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. But he also takes a spot in the Elimination Chamber for the World Heavyweight title that Bobby Lashley will be in in two weeks at Elimination Chamber. Seth Rollins also received a spot as a, um, a an apology because of his DQ win over Roman Reigns at the Rumble. And then the rest of the night, we saw qualifying matches for the Elimination Chamber. And I must say, these three qualifying matches were pretty damn good, except for the first one. Austin Theory versus Kevin Owens was decent, but booked too heavy for Theory. I understand the storyline of Theory and Vince, but Owens is made to look really bad here. And when you got a guy who just signed a new contract not that long ago, I would have thought maybe that Owens would have been given the push that he deserves here into the Chamber whether he wins it or not, he deserved a spot, not Austin Theory. Uh, Matt Riddle and um, Otis had another great match. Uh, these guys, along with their tag team partners, have been putting on stellar matches. Randy Orton and Chad Gable uh, was great and was definitely constant uh, a, a constant for both of their styles. And what I mean was Otis put off his strong man, big man, monstrous Vader-like uh, style against Riddle's quickness. Riddle is always looking better and better, and Riddle gets the winner and will be in the chamber. And then we got AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Now, this is a dream match for many people, and I thought it was great. Uh, incredible match between the two greats in the ring. Uh, performers uh, could have went either way, in my opinion, but I think Styles deserves the spot in the chamber, considering all he's been through with bad storylines lately. Rey and Dominic still a tag team. Ray could always get another shot at the tag team titles. You never know. But Styles deserves to be in the chamber for the World Heavyweight title. And, of course, Alexa Bliss's storyline continues. Uh, and it's getting interesting, especially with the reintroduction of Lily. This is a WWE shop Lily doll that they are selling. And the um, therapist told her that it was a, a reproduction of Lily, but she still fell in love with it and thought it was the real Lily. So I really wonder what next week it will be bringing in this storyline. NXT 2.0. Imperium versus Diamond Mine. This opening six-man tag was unbelievable. Walter, yes, I refuse to call him Gunther, and his team working perfectly together and strong in the Creed Bros. Put up a great fight, but Imperium got the win. Uh, Braun Breaker and uh, Tommaso Ciampa in the main event took on Legato del Fantasma. Wild and Mendoza proved that they could bring uh, and hang with the big boys in the ring uh, here tonight. Um, but Ciampa's ruthlessness pulled his team ahead despite Escobar's interference. Breaker showed off his power and got the win for his team. Another great match there. Kylie Ray targeting Mandy Rose through the entire show. All night long was great and hilarious at some times when she dropped the spaghetti and the cake on Mandy was really, really good. Ray showed a killer instinct that we haven't seen since NXT UK. 
and uh, I think that she's finally getting herself back into the title picture. She will get a shot next week at Mandy Rose. I have no doubt that it will probably end by disqualification and lead to another match at NXT Vengeance Day. AEW Dynamite. The face-to-face interaction with Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Uh, that opening promo after Moxley defeated Wheeler Yuta was great. Uh, it could be leading to some pretty epic moments in AEW. All that Brian had to say about uh, taking some of the younger guys like Lee Johnston, Lee Moriarty, Wheeler Yuta under their uh, wings and possibly pushing them and giving them the right uh, direction to be going in, in AEW. Sounds fantastic to me. I didn't like that they shit on the rest of the products, such as uh, uh, Luchasaurus and Orange Cassidy, but I guess this is Daniel Bryan coming out and feeling like real wrestling to trump the uh, comedy-driven characters. Uh, then we got um, Alistair Black and um, Brody King taking on Penta and uh, Pac, the returning Pac. This was a great match and a great uh, to see Pac back in the ring. Black and King are slowly becoming my favorite tag team in AEW. Uh, and the innovative offense and defense the entire time in this match was great. Black and King get the win after the mist in the eyes in their double-team power slam move. Very intense, and I have a feeling this feud will continue, which I'm, I'm all for it. And then the main event, CM Punk versus MJF. This match was everything I wanted it to be and then some. For over 35 minutes, they fought, they reversed each other, and they landed incredible moves. The Pepsi plunge was incredible to see after some 10 years of it going on a drought and CM Punk no longer using it. MJF's submission skill was surprising. Not a bad thing. Surprising to see how many submissions this young man could pull out of his hat. Wardlow got involved, although it didn't look like he wanted to be getting involved, but he did help MJF get the win. MJF with the dynamite diamond ring off the head of Punk gets the win. And I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens next week with Wardlow and MJF. CM Punk now having one loss under his record. And uh, in my opinion, this was a five-star match. I don't mean to sound like Dave Meltzer, and I'm not trying to ooze all over these guys, but I think MJF and CM Punk put on the very best wrestling match that we have seen so far in 2022, and I want to see more of it. That brings us to SmackDown, and we got Jinder Mahal, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura in a non-title matchup. Uh, this was the best match on SmackDown, and not because I, I had to pick one, but because it stood head and shoulders above everything else. Mahal looked like his old world championship title reign days, and Nakamura looked crisp. This reminded me of their battle at the Royal Rumble and at uh, SummerSlam, and both guys were firing on all cylinders with Nakamura getting the win. The um, crowd was into it the whole way. And then we had Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Sonya Deville in the ring. Charlotte comes out. She is cutting a fantastic promo. Sonya Deville lets her know that Becky Lynch has said that Ronda is choosing her at Mania. And Charlotte begins to go on this incredible tirade, cutting perhaps the best promo I have seen from her in quite some time. Um, Ronda eventually does come out and says that it's BS, and she is actually going to challenge Charlotte at Mania for the women's title on SmackDown. This led to Sonya Deville trying to help uh, Charlotte, but Rousey fight her off and put her in an armbar to end the show. Great segment. I, I'm enjoying what they did here with Ronda Rousey, both on Monday and on Friday. I thought Friday was a little bit better, though. 
in that Ronda got a little more physical. And then finally, AEW Rampage. Uh, we had Sammy Guevara defending the TNT Championship against Isaiah Cassidy. A match that was made by Matt Hardy. And another week and another phenomenal showing from Sammy Guevara, ladies and gentlemen. This week, he and Isaiah Cassidy lit up the rampage and traded some big-time high-flying shots. Cassidy had the upper hand for most of the match, but Matt Hardy and Andrade cost him that advantage, and Guevara was able to pick up another big win and retain his title. Sammy Guevara, in my opinion, he's been called a pillar of AEW because he was there since the beginning. First match on AEW Dynamite against Cody Rhodes. Epic ladder match with Cody a couple of weeks ago. In my opinion, Sammy Guevara is one of the future superstars AEW could build on the back of the company and with MJF and quite a few others, such as Adam Page, Kenny Omega when he comes back. The future looks bright for AEW, in my opinion. We then had the Jay Lethal and uh, Ricky Starks in the main event for the FTW title. Now, I know I poked fun at this uh, matchup a couple of weeks ago saying who wants the orange belt, you know, but it wasn't about the belt here, in my opinion. This was great to finally see Jay Lethal back in an AEW ring on television. He and Starks had a very good main event, and it was actually surprising to see Starks get the win here. I thought Lethal might get the win by DQ or count out or whatever have you to keep the feud going, but Starks gets the win. I think Lethal is still getting his feet wet in AEW. And once he gets the right direction, he will begin to win again. But Starks retained after a little outside interference. And I like the Ricky Starks character. I liked him when he was in NWA. I like him here. I hope he continues to move forward in the company. And they continue to give him the push that he deserves. <coughs> Wrestling as a whole this week, there were a lot of great matches as I just ran out. And a lot of great segments. Do yourself a favor. If you missed any of them, go back and watch them. Either on Peacock, YouTube. DVR, what have you. There are many different outlets for you to find a chance to see these uh, happenings in the uh, week that we just had. First week of February, 2022. And now, because as I mentioned, a lot went on this week. I told Nate Maxson when I needed to get, you know, logged into StreamYard and whatnot, that there was a lot going on this week, a lot that made me happy and I wanted to report on, such as the matches that I spoke about in the segments, and a lot that pissed me off. You heard that in Quick Hits, but also, you're not going to hear it in What Grinds My Gears. First and foremost, Monday, uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Roman Reigns is in the middle of the ring. He knows he's fighting Lesnar at Mania. And out comes Goldberg to make his return to the WWE once again. And he says that he is challenging Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber for the title. The match that we were supposed to get at WrestleMania a couple years ago. God damn it. Whenever you think this guy is gone, he comes back like a serious case of diarrhea. I am sick and tired of seeing Goldberg on my TV screen messing with the World Heavyweight title the universal title, and the derailing champions from the path that they're meant to be on. You know, when he was supposed to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, 
Roman did get COVID. They put Braun in that seat, and thank God Braun Strowman beat him for the title and got him off our television for a little while. But then Drew McIntyre won the belt, and he got in Drew's face, and we had to deal with Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. Match was a shit show except for what Drew was doing, but Goldberg didn't give an inch. Then we had to deal with him against Bobby Lashley and the whole, hey, you put my son in the hurt lock. Well, your son jumped in the ring and put his hands on Bobby Lashley. But okay, that's fine and well. And now here is back. here he is back in Roman Reigns' face. And it wouldn't surprise me if Vince McMahon, in his senile, drugged out, whatever you want to call it, phase that he's in right now. Believe me, look at his eyes. They are red as hell. Didn't think, you know what would make a great match at WrestleMania? Not Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Not Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. No. Let's do Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg to unify the world and universal championships. Because we know what Vince McMahon is. We know how many times he's tried to stuff Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar down our throats. Every match pretty much was a failure. Whether it was the first match they had at WrestleMania 22 with Austin as the referee, whether it was the match that they had that lasted all of 47 seconds, or the next match that lasted two minutes, you want to tell me that drew money? No. What drew money was the lead-up to the match. What drew money was all the matches that happened before it. That 47-second piece of shit, that two-minute piece of shit, and then that five-minute ridiculousness that they put on to be the final match that they had, it was all shit. Goldberg and Lesnar should not touch each other again. Brock Lesnar is still capable of putting on high-quality matches. Look at his match with Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble. There didn't need to be outside interference, but in order to continue to tell the story, there had to be. That's fine and well. But Brock Lesnar is still a fighter and can still put on high-quality matches. We don't need Goldberg in there messing with Reigns, messing with Lashley, messing with, Gold, with, with Lesnar. I don't want to see it anymore. I know a bunch of other people who don't want to see it anymore. The fans were booing on SmackDown. You can pipe in all the noise you want. But the truth of the matter is, is that Brock Lesnar deserves to be in the title shot, the title picture right now. Goldberg does not. Stop it, Vince. Stop bringing in the old-timers. Not the part-timers, the old-timers, and expecting us to say, oh, goody, we get to see Goldberg versus Roman Reigns again. We didn't want to see it the first time. We certainly don't want to see it a second time. And number two, WWE had the Royal Rumble. They brought in a lot of special women's guests to be at the show. <coughs> Mickey James being one of them. She did a fantastic job. I have no ill will against Mickey James. I enjoy what she's been doing on Impact and NWA. I have let go of my hostilities against Mickey James. She did great at, at the Royal Rumble. More power to her. I hope that she continues to to redefine the uh, impact and NWA women's divisions. Melina was in the match. She lasted a couple of minutes. Sasha Banks eliminated her and then went on to pay tribute to her by doing her arm movements and then a split. The very next day, Gail Kim went on to Twitter and said that Sasha Banks was downright disrespectful and that... She should be putting respect on Melina's name. I like Melina. I think Melina is a great wrestler. I think that she made a wonderful women's champion and divas champion when she held that belt. I feel that Gail Kim, on the other hand, 
is bitter and looking for any reason to stay in the spotlight. Like I said about Mickey James as well a couple of months ago, Mickey is still in the spotlight, but at least she knows where her place is as being in the spotlight in Impact and NWA. Gail Kim, on the other hand, she has found her way to once again be bitter, pissed off, and, and bad-mouthing the WWE product. Sasha Banks was not being disrespectful to Melina because if you look at the video, when Sasha did the split, so did Melina. They waved to each other. They blew each other a kiss goodbye. It was Sasha's way of telling Melina, thank you. But Gail Kim immediately thought it was somebody shitting on one of the veterans. Gail, you didn't do that well in the WWE doing your first run when they handed you the title on your first night with the company in a battle royal. You went to, to TNA. You did great there. You chose to come back to the WWE years later. They made you a comedy routine. They made you nothing that you could really do with your, your career there. You went back to, to Impact. You once again found some success, but the women there were doing better things than you ever could do. And now you're a producer for both Impact and NWA. Gail, keep it backstage. Stay out of the limelight and stop confusing respect and admiration for disrespect just because you didn't like that Melina didn't stay in the Royal Rumble longer than she did. That's it for me now. I think I've been hostile enough, but I think I balanced it out with the good stuff and the bad stuff. That's going to do it. I'm done. But I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Continue to watch, listen, do all you can to support the We Can't Wrestle podcast and WrestleNet Radio to continue to support this show and all the other shows that we've got on it. I thank you for joining me once again. And I will see you next time. On if you smell, what the arch is cooking. <laughs>